Hello and welcome to the Bite-Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Troy Sandlin, and Catherine Lindquist. Everybody say hi. Greetings. Howdy. They're all being a bunch of goofballs. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a little bit of new format, and we're we may shake it up even more in the weeks to come. But we're switching to just doing three courses um, for this week. We're doing an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. Each course tackles a different angle on the world of RPGs, and we'll cover exactly what those angles are when we get to each segment. You guys ready for some appetizers? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. All right. So, episode 10, um, we're going to dive in with some community poll segments, some new stuff trending throughout the community. Um, We've got several for you today. We've got four, um, which I think is the most ever, so yay us. Um, Yeah. Let's talk about one real short here. Um, I'll throw one into the mix. I don't think we are going to spend a lot of time on it, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Fantasy Flight says that more Marvel games are in development. Now, um, we know that um, we know that it's probably not going to be an RPG. But okay. my question for you would be. If it was announced that it was an RPG, would that excite you? Is the idea of a Marvel-based RPG interesting? Or or should they devote their time to something else? Are you, are, are you going to give me a Marvel superhero game that is ran off of the dice mechanic from Star Wars? I, I mean, then, I would imagine it's either that or yes. Genesis, right? Yeah. <laughs> then I will, I will take that. <laughs> Because as horribly as I roll while playing games, I could at least pull something out of out of the uh, <laughs> the failure <laughs> for something um, like that. I that would be cool. I would probably ask how much Marvel lore you're gonna need to know, because mm. uh, I don't. I don't. I know. Mm-hmm. I know MCU and a little bit more. Uh, now, but, but it's still very minimal. I'd enjoy playing in that universe with people, but it would have to be okay that I don't know a whole lot. Yeah. Like if I could learn along the way. Yeah. yeah so I've, I've played in, or let me go back a little bit. <clears throat> so I'm not a, a lore nerd with MC or with Marvel, but I probably know more than the average, you know, person that's just picking up a comic every once in a while. Uh, more a, a DC guy, way more a DC guy sure. in the DC <laughs> camp than in, in Marvel camp, which that's totally cool. Like everybody, everybody can love their own fandom. That's cool. From a <laughs> from a, do we need another or do we need a a superhero uh, game? Yeah, why not? From Fantasy Flight, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah. I've played uh, Necessary Evil. I've played Aberrant. I played the old super are the old uh, Marvel superheroes uh, campaign setting and, and game and that's good stuff. I mean, I, I think that there's definitely a place for it, you know, especially now mm-hmm. more than ever with the MCU being as popular as it is, and it's just it's another opportunity for uh, inroads into the into the hobby for people. Um, Fantasy Flight they produce good stuff, and I'm with Troy. If you can use the same a similar mechanic to the Edge of the Empire stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. So if, even if it's oh, yeah. close to that or kind of like a, a rebrand or a reboot of that mechanic, I'm not going to be able to complain with it there very much. No, not at all. Sure. And, and again, we're almost certainly not getting that as they shut down basically all of their RPG side of their company mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. But mm-hmm. I'm like, one can dream. One can dream that there's <laughs> there's something cool in development there that they're kind of regathering for, and um, I don't know, like like I think you hit it on the head, John. Like it'd be another cool segue, and I would trust Fantasy Flight to do something interesting with it that doesn't feel like a cash grab or you know a a stick a brand on it and call mm-hmm. it good, you know. So it'll be anyhow. quality. Yeah, so, it's like you know you know what you're getting. Go ahead, Troy. Something something that uh, that Catherine said, um, and gonna gonna blow Zach's. We're probably not gonna talk about this very much, right out of the water, probably. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what what the, the idea of having a superhero game? Um, to Catherine's point, that is based on something that has decades of lore behind it, mm-hmm. already established superheroes. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Kind of the same thing that, that people have ran into with Forgotten Realms. Well, there's already a bunch of big-name heroes. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> or or do you make a generic superhero game more like Champions? Yeah. Which which is better? Which which, which, which do you go with? I, 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 I find very little appealing in a generic superhero game. For me, it would be interesting to do the Marvel branded game, but to but I guess if I was going to play an RPG, I think I would I would set it up to where you played as known heroes. Hmm. So you oh, played so you as you don't you you pick a hero from a roster, right? And you play through a scenario as that hero, as opposed to. And maybe there's rules for building your own, but I like the idea that, like, if I want to be Spider-Man or if I want to be Wolverine or if I want to be whoever, those mm-hmm. those are those archety- archetypal um, characters would be available to me to run a mission from or whatever, Avengers style, right? Well, then would that be more like uh, like the box set, right? Yeah, you've got your you have the mechanics of building everything. The actual the game is. Build your own stuff, but it's also if you want to play one of those archetypical characters, an iconic, so to speak, then you'd have those in the back, or you'd yep, have it as pre-gens. a module or a campaign. Yeah, That's the pre right? And you could have a the campaign could be the Avengers have to unite for this, or you know, Infinity War Part Five Thousand, or whatever, you want to call, <laughs> yeah. whatever, it is, whatever it is this week, right? So maybe that's it. Maybe that's that's actually not a bad idea. Again, one of the brilliant things about the box sets is that it's playable right as soon as you open up the game. You know, yeah, you don't have yeah. to, it's not a whole lot of tinkering that you've got to do with it in order to to make it work. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Well, I think cool. as long as there's oops, no, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um. I think as long as there's room for both, because I can see the enjoyment of like, yeah, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play Wolverine. But if, like, if I tried to play, like, Black Widow or Scarlet Witch or whoever, I'd be super, super nervous the whole time because I would know I'm not getting the character right. Mm. So, yeah, there's gotta be that. That's true. Yeah, yeah, depending on who you're playing with at the table, like with anything, obviously, right? That's if you're fair, playing yeah. it wrong, 
All right, you're you're playing it wrong. You're playing a rogue wrong. You're playing a paladin wrong. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but I, I get what you're saying though. It's like you don't know all of the bits and pieces and tidbits about that character's lore, background, secrets, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Like, do you know what Wolverine's real name is? That kind of stuff. I don't, know. <laughs> don't worry about it. Wolverine doesn't even know his own name through ninety percent of his, <laughs> his mythology, so it's, it's okay. But I, I get what you're saying. There, the discomfort of not being familiar enough with the character to be like, mm, maybe if mm-hmm, I just came mm-hmm. up with my own thing and did my own thing, that'd be a, a little bit easier. It's, mm. it's the same as somebody like choosing whether to be part of a, a big established group or have ties to a big established group in, um, in like a you know D and D campaign setting. I think probably. Mm. Right, yeah. and then who wants who wants to play? But here's the thing, though. Who really wants to play in a campaign where one one guy is Drizzt? Right, <laughs> right. One, one one person is Drizzt or Elminster <laughs> or you know Raceland or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, who wants to be Joe? Yeah, I, I'm I'm Joe mm-hmm. Fighter with all the well all these iconics. Right. Yeah. yeah fair that's, enough. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is Drizzt or no one is Drizzt. Yeah, that's I think right. that's the right. Way to go. <laughs> or the assumption is that everyone is Drizzt. There's our t-shirt for the episode. Yep. There's our t-shirt for the episode right there. Uh, Troy, you've got a um, Indiegogo pitch Ooh. for us, um, which is I exciting. Do. Tell us what you got. I have got uh, the teacher gamers hand or teacher gamer handbook. Um, I was listening to uh, a podcast a couple days ago, and they were uh, the uh, Zachary. No, I'm going to totally butcher that last name. So, uh, Zachary, hmm. not me, um, was on and uh, <laughs> yeah, was discussing. Yeah, he's obviously a teacher. He's a, he's in, uh, uh, I believe, in Canada, mm-hmm. and he has been developing this teacher gamer handbook mm-hmm. to use Fifth uh, Edition D and D to help mm-hmm. uh, teach things in the classroom. And this thing is like complete he's got i think he, I think he said like 40 lesson plans already yeah. figured out things it, and it goes from character creation and like it takes like a, a, a it's a four hour lesson plan to to do character creation because it goes through all of the the stats and it's not just what do the stats mean here's the numbers blah 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 he also teaches things like uh statistics and probability because he'll go through and do something like, okay, you take your 3d6, roll it six times, there's your stats. Okay, now we're going to do that again, but we're going to do 4d6, mm. drop the lowest. What does that do to the probability? Mm. It's cool. giving these giving these kids something fun, D&D, but it's, it's teaching all the things. And there's like 36 life skills yeah. that he has mapped out in this thing. Yeah, one hmm. of the things that I saw in it whenever before, before the show, after you, when you sent the link in, I took a look at. He teaches kids about arrays, like what an actual yes. array is, right? Which, as a programmer, right, a, a, arrays are an important component in uh, in programming. It's a concept that you have to get down of a list of items or a list of variables or a list of fields that you're going to be able to program against the storage of information. And so, uh, it's yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. The, I'm, I'm a big proponent of using uh, D&D as a, as a teaching aid. Uh, my my son, when he entered into middle school, they didn't have a uh, kind of like a gaming club. Or the one that they had was more like kids would just 
show up and they'd play Pokemon or something like that, which is totally mm-hmm. fine. But it really mm-hmm. was really completely unstructured, which it doesn't have to be. Uh, but in his case, he wanted it to be something a little bit more. And so he got the buy-in from several other teachers and he used that as – he could actually play – instead of just as an after-school activity, they could use their study hall to go and they could play because they they got enough buy-in from faculty to show them, look, studies have shown that playing role-playing games like D&D – it uh, enhances your mathematical skills, social skills, your troubleshooting, tactical, strategic planning, organization, and on and on and on and on and on and on. And so, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a big mm-hmm. proponent of this. I've, I'm I'm in. I've already once again, <laughs> Troy has <laughs> has drained my bank account <laughs> another fifty bucks. Yeah, and awesome. uh, it, I know when this when this uh, episode airs, it says that there's only five days left. But on that podcast, uh, he has talked about adding another 30 days to it. Yeah. Mm. So it will still be, hopefully he'll do that. I'm I'm assuming that once it reaches zero days, it just like re-ups to 30 or something like that. I'm not really familiar with Indiegogo as much as I should be. Um, But if you hear this, go check it out. I mean, it's right now it's sitting at at 39% funded. Yeah. And this is something that needs to happen. Especially mm-hmm. with parents that are having to homeschool their kids yeah. because of this wonderful freaking pandemic we got going on. <laughs> right, how yes. many how many parents are pulling their hair out right now trying to teach their kids just, you know, the, the stuff that their teachers sent home? I mean, they changed math for crying out loud. <laughs> I didn't know math was broken. <laughs> but, I mean, th- yeah, this at least gives us something fun. Yeah. And I, with the uh, flexible goal... It's going to, um, it's going to get. They're going to get the money and make the product, regardless of whether they hit their full funding goal of eighteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars or not. So, I noticed, like scanning through here, uh, it says he already had, he already borrowed the money to finish the book and have it like typeset and um, a bunch of other stuff. It looks like this. Um, I was about to say Kickstarter. Kickstarter. This looks like. This Indiegogo is to spread the word around. So it's mm. like not, it's not necessarily just to fund what he needs for this project. It's to, to get it in the hands of other people and get the idea in the minds of more people, which I think is mm-hmm. super awesome. Yeah. I guess what? It's kind of like focus. a, like a pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, I'll go ahead and throw out my my second one here. Uh, it's just a short one, but uh, we'll jump back into the world of Kickstarter. There is a new Kickstarter for a new adventure called The Heist of the Mad King's Jewel. Um, it is just launched um, a couple days ago, so as of this recording, it has about 27 days, so you're going to have plenty of time to get in on this um, before it ends. It's a 200-plus page steampunk-inspired campaign book. Oh, um, man. And, uh, the, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we have unique problems in geek culture, don't we? We do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, more stuff I've got to buy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like it. I like the art on the cover. I think that that's, it's got a really fun feel. Um, it is one of the things I really like, um, is that it's pretty cheap. Um, which is not always um, necessary for me. Like I'll, 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 I'll hear you out for an expensive product, but, um, for like, f- 
18 bucks, you can get the um, at-cost printing option through DriveThruRPG, which is going to make it maybe like 32 bucks for a paperback or like 40 bucks for a hardcover, um, which is pretty great. Um, and you can get uh, – I'll have to look here, but um, I believe it's only for like – yeah, like ten bucks, you can get the the full two hundred plus page campaign as a PDF. So, um, I, I'm gonna. This is their first Kickstarter. Um, it's by a company called Mad Mage Games. Um, they're out of Serbia, but it, it just looks cool. So uh, I'm gonna hype them up a little bit. That's awesome. I, I, it looks I really think you've nice. done your job. I'm gonna. I'll be back in this when I get off this. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's been great. There's I, there's a whole bunch of Kickstarters that have just launched. Um, and each one of them is kind of bringing something different to the table. So it's definitely a good time to hop on Kickstarter right now. Um, if or you, not. Or depending. not. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, okay, so that was Heist of the Mad King's Jewel. Let's go to our last one here, and then we'll dive in to uh, to our main topic. Uh, tr- John, you have a alignment statistics? Yeah, so... Uh- D&D Beyond runs uh, every once in a while. They'll run some statistics, almost kind of like a character census. Yeah. Where they dig into their databases of all the characters that have been created in D&D Beyond, and they pull up some stats on interesting things about it. Hmm. They did this back in June of last year. They did it again recently, um, and I thought it was really, really interesting, the the characters that are out there and the alignments that people are um, are playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of talked before on the podcast about, you know, the necessity of alignment versus the fluidity of alignment versus the interpretation of the of alignment. It's almost biblical. You know, people can get into arguments <laughs> about the, the, all the, the little knickknacks and, and uh, eccentricities about of, of alignment. What's alignment? What's chaotic good versus whatever. But uh, just like really, really quick going down the line here, um, uh, looking at the stat block right now. Not surprised. Well, actually, uh, not let me say not surprising. How about I'll say um, thankfully, yeah, because I like I, because mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. enjoy running heroic campaigns. Uh, the the <laughs> bottom three are the evils. So, yay, good guys, right? You've got lawful evil at three percent, neutral evil at three percent, and then everybody wants to play the Joker at two percent. Apparently, that's great. <laughs> uh, you can argue in the comments below uh, about. Uh, whether or not Joker is actually chaotic evil or not, I will win. I have a hammer. The ones that I think that like one that done, didn't really surprise me too much is chaotic good. It's like I'm a good guy, but I do it my way. It's, it yeah. does not seem like a very surprising heroic thing, right? And that's 23. percent It's the most. Uh, yes, it is the good. highest. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And then at 22, percent this is the one that shocked me. 22 percent of people want to be chaotic neutral that does not surprise me at all oh my god that just drives me up the wall (laughs) and so now you know why lawful evil neutral evil chaotic evil are so low because everybody's (laughs) playing chaotic neutral so that so they can i can do whatever i want i'm just being whimsical no you're not yeah that being said the thing that disappoints me on this graph even more than that is the bottom out of the bottom five three out of the five are the lawful side yeah right yes and yes. that to me, that to me is the the sad state here. That like, yeah, I agree. if you total how many people are playing lawful characters, twenty two percent, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Oh, that's, I, I mean, I like all the alignments, so I'm not going to sit here and say, how dare you, but I would have loved sure. to see it a little bit more balanced in, in the, uh, in favor of the lawful character. Yeah, maybe there's my Captain America's little, out there. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that would actually be really fascinating. And, um, like splitting it up, seeing if you took like from this location and from this location, it'd be really interesting. Like a re- like regionally, like where the, mm-hmm. where the accounts are maybe coming from. This part mm-hmm. of the country, this car part of the country is really into chaotic evil characters for some reason. We need yeah, to go yeah, yeah. Put our best best people on that. To figure out what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, the FBI right. has access to all of this. And I'm, I'm actually with you, Troy, <laughs> on the the lawful the lawful alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Lawful good, I can kind of understand. It's gonna it gets the a bad rep from goody two shoes, Boy Scout, no fun, stick in the mud, right? I get mm-hmm. that. That's fine. If you mm-hmm. if you want to play lawful good that way, I, I don't. The one that really surprised me and kind of disappoints me the most is lawful neutral at nine percent. I think it's neutral, hard to understand. It really, well, yeah. it, it kind of is, right? But if you look at one of the the best subclasses from a flavor perspective that I adore is the Oath of Conquest Paladin. Yeah. Yep, it is. Love it. It's Judge Dread because yep. I love Judge Dread comics. I love the lore, mm-hmm. and to me, like like I am the law would be such a sweet character to play. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have to be evil to do it you know it's just the law is paramount which my buddies and i go back and forth about uh, star trek right so we'll talk about jean-luc picard (laughs) is lawful neutral because he's all about the prime directive and yada 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 but it's it's really just an adherence to the law is there for a reason and so you know the law is paramount civilization is paramount that kind of stuff so i would have put him in lawful good that's really interesting well see and that's the thing that's the awesome thing about alignment that people I think miss is that you're, I think you're right because all characters are not just one, one thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked before one. about, uh, about Robin Hood. Robin Hood was chaotic good whenever, uh, Sheriff of Nottingham and Prince John were in power. But as soon as Richard returned from the crusades, he's under Richard's rule, a rule that he thought was just and righteous and true. He's lawful good because he adheres to that law. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm with you. I think that at the very beginning of the show, again, try not to nerd out too much on Star Trek. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, if you don't like it. But at the very beginning of the show, I think that he was probably lawful neutral. And then he eased up and he uh. became lawful good as he went along. It's like, I'm more willing to, to bend the rules, to break the prime directive for the greater good, that kind of stuff. I think that progressed. But I think that's really important. I think it's that's where the alignment stuff, and not to like dig too deep on this subject, but... That's where I think alignment is actually can be really cool. It's like you can actually have a, a line in the sand where this is where my character's arc started. Yeah. And then this is the line in the sands where like here's the progression that my character made as mm. a person and as a character. I think that's really yeah. great. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Well, we've uh, we've we've successfully ran through 20 minutes of, of prelude <laughs> news. So, but uh, um, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you got you know, your, the you good got thing your is, dose of Star Trek in there too. Exactly. <laughs> S- Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. What have we not I mean, covered so far? Come on, baby. Um, there well, were some Dragon Lance references in there too. I, exactly. I heard him sneak them in. <laughs> look, so look, okay, so <laughs> I was actually going to I was going to mention this. Sorry, I'm gonna land on this for like two seconds. I was actually going to challenge everyone to play podcast bingo. With me, how many John times does John, or like a drinking game, where how many times does John dr- mention something, some stupid Dragonlance reference? <laughs> I, I don't think I think I don't we think could not the, play the con- that game. Right, well, no, we our listeners would be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think for their own health, mental and physical <laughs> health, they should not play that game. 
they just, will become completely just poisoned have a by the jar of a, a, a bowl of peanuts <laughs> or M and M's, and and that would be a better game to play there with. That, you get through yep, the yep. bowl, but at least it's just peanuts, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So before before the podcast started, I was sitting in the back of my mind thinking, "Don't say anything about Dragonlance. Don't say anything about Dragonlance. <laughs> Don't say anything about Dragonlance." And then. Raceland comes they, up. Crack. Yeah. Oh. First, it's not such a good run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watsy, are you listening? I love Dragonlance. Let's bring it out. I love yeah. you, please. Thank you. <laughs> right. That's it. That's my last one. I promise. That's it. I'm done. Carry on until the next one. So we've just got a quick uh, <laughs> recap, sort of a topic for our middle of the line um, uh, uh, main course. Uh, Catherine actually posed that we should circle back around. Uh, to a question, a topic that we had had early on, which is discussion of online DMing. And, you know, we were all kind of settling in a bit more earlier um, into this whole um, endeavor. And now we are a few months in. So how has that changed? Has that changed for anyone? Um, and where are we at? So, Catherine, why don't you start us off? What's your What's your take on that? Has anything changed in the last two months? Um, I have realized that I actually, uh, need to prep more for online than I do for real life. Um, (laughs) and even if I'm not using like fancy, you know, bring up this map and, you know, interactive map stuff, like I don't use those at least yet. Um, but there's still a lot more prep that is needed. Um, and, uh, without diving too deep into that, um, the other thing is, uh, it, it used to be pretty, like, okay, I, I can have, like, this little notebook that's full of, like, random jotted down notes, and as long as I have that, then Mm -hmm. I'll be fine, Uh, as Mm -hmm. far as, like, lore for my, my world, and stuff mm. like that, because uh, I'm I'm I run a Discord server uh, of a pretty much completely homebrew world setting thing for people who don't know. But um, I need World Anvil, mm. and I I have realized how much I need World Anvil, but even more how much my players need me to set up a World Anvil, <laughs> and because because when you're online. And especially chat-based, like, everybody pops in and out at random times. Um, and so people people will go weeks without meeting this NPC and the need to remember details about them. So, um, and it's not all neatly contained in, like, a, a four-hour session. So I just, I just need to do that. It's just, I've, I've tried for, like, two weeks now. And every time, uh, I've ADD'd out real bad and... <laughs> gotten it done. <laughs> but but yeah that that's the main thing it's like online lore resources for for my players sweet that's what i've yeah i i can feel that i have um since we last talked when we talked last i was running one game consistently and now i'm running three <laughs> and playing in one so um that's how my life has changed um John has inspired me to invest myself a little bit more into Roll20, so Huzzah. Uh, trying to learn some of the tools and techniques for that um, has been interesting. 
Um, other than that, um, you know, I, I, I second what Catherine has said uh, as far as it takes more time to prepare um, mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, that being said, once I prepare, I feel like it goes easier online mm-hmm. than it did in person a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Um, but yeah, uh, my life got a whole lot busier with running games. That's how it changed for me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that for me, um, yeah, so I had never really, I think I'd, I'd played in a couple, in a game in a short term uh, for maybe a couple of months online. It was okay. I mean, it, mm-hmm. was, it was no fault to the story. It was no fault to the people that were playing or the DM or anything like that. That was all fantastic. It was me, right? Mm-hmm. I was still in the mindset of this game for me has to be run at a table with friends and with people. And now that I've been forced into reevaluating that, um, I think I've adopted it more and embraced it a little bit more. There's still a lot of things. I, I'm with both of you, right? I'll, I'll echo the same things, that sentiments. More prep. Uh, there's more rigidity I've yeah. noticed whenever I run. Uh, I can't really go off the cuff or add I, or um, go off the rails as much, right? Like I've, I've already got my my OCD is bad enough as it is mm-hmm. for all the prep that I do. But the, whenever if the, if the players zig instead of the zag that I thought they were going to take, I don't have a map for that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, I can have like a big green space with a bunch of with a grid on it that they can play on, and I can try to doodle and draw on the fly. <laughs> but um, Zach may be okay with that, but that would drive me bananas. <laughs> Zach was ta- Zach talks about like how his his really simple maps and stuff like that, which is probably fine. It like it, which is totally fine if I were playing it or running it, and if anybody else did it. But for me, in my own mind, like I have to have everything plotted out and laid out, and it's I know that it's my own. It's a failing on my part. It's a flaw, mm-hmm. right? And so it would drive me bananas if my players zig too hard in one direction, and I wasn't I wasn't able to to pull it off. <laughs> that's that's fair though. That's a fair um, like, yeah. Yeah, it's but other other than the prep and the time and the, kind of like the rigidity of it, um, it's the connection is t- is harder for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like emoting. Mm-hmm. And, and like looking at a camera instead of a, a pet person's eyes and being able to read their expression back and read like read back what I'm what I'm what I'm putting into the into the in the moment the role play the acting we'll say right whatever it is that I'm I'm giving them it is so hard I gotta look down or look to the side to th- okay what are they how are they reacting to this and that's re- it's really hard to to run characters like NPCs is so hard now to actually like create an actual back and forth dialogue with the party is hard because uh, people have to raise their hand on camera <laughs> to, to, uh, to kind of, because we're trying to be courteous and not talk over one another. It's just really hard to have that open experience of, of role play on, online. I still haven't figured out the best way to do that. And you brought up an interesting thing. Who would have thought that the biggest hamstring to online gaming in 2020 would have been were sold out of webcams. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No kidding. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Heard that. Oh my gosh. We, well, for a couple of my games, uh, I had some players that were like, Oh, I'm going to buy a webcam for this. And then we got to message and they're like, where can I find a webcam that isn't $400 wow. or $40? Where's that like reasonable range, yeah. high def webcam. Yeah. They're all gone. 
They're all gone. Yeah, I got a, I've got a buddy of mine that's still waiting for his webcam. He he uh, he ordered it online uh, back in March, at the end of March, and he's still mm-hmm. waiting for it. Yeah. And it's like June is when it'll show up. Yeah, oh, they're saying right now. Wow. Well, all right, Troy. Uh, I kind of I'm surprised that John says that there's more prep. <laughs> you see, <laughs> because uh, I kind of feel like there for me there's either the same amount of prep or maybe even a little bit less depending on how much effort I want to put into it. Mm-hmm. Because I like to build terrain. Mm. You're a paper minis guy. Yeah, I, I'm a. I, I do paper minis. I have a. I have a hot wire table for uh, for foam insulation. You know, I I build stuff. Um, just just to give that uh, that feeling of that you know you're there. Um, so it it's actually kind of helped because now I can just go and find a map somewhere that looks like kind of what, unless there's one already provided, but you know. Find the map. Oh, this looks pretty good. I'll slap that in there, size it up the way I need it to. And then I have all of these things that are already created for me. And I just slap, you know, bodies here and trees here and rocks (laughs) and stuff. I don't have to make a bunch of stuff. If, oh, there's two levels. Okay, great. Guess what? I got to find another map. Cool. I don't have to worry about building risers, how to support this map (laughs) above, (laughs) above the other one, you know, and, it so there's there's kind of a that has kind of made it easier and like just before we started doing this this evening uh, I was putting together um, some maps for uh, uh, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak and just just kind of fill them and I don't need to I don't need to add anything else to them but I'm just giving them the little you know finishing touches here and there <laughs> um, and as far as role playing for for us. Or for the for the people that I am gaming with online, I it is a little bit difficult because the the lack of connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have also found it easier for there to be a continued mo- uh, dialogue with people. It's almost like that disconnect is is giving them like a safety zone to go ahead and continue to role play beyond what they normally would have. Hmm. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's you know um, group specific or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I also find it easier uh, for me to like slip into voices into characters, and I still do everything that I did at the table, where you know, depending on what kind of a NPC or whatever it is, I'll hunch my back and do, you know do, do get into the character. Yeah, knowing that they can see me because yeah. that is that is one thing. When I started this online stuff, we didn't use any kind of webcams. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, we have to, I have to be able to see people because I don't like yeah. this at all. That would be hard. And, and now that I have that for most of my players, because there's one that still also cannot find a webcam. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it works. And I, along with Zach, was only playing or running one game a week. Now I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm doing quite a bit more because it's like, hey, can we play again tomorrow? <laughs> well, I don't have anything going on, so that's awesome. <laughs> Might as that's well. awesome though. Well, yeah. and, and I will like not to like I don't I don't want to beat up. It's actually really good because there's to your point. One of the really good things that have come out of it is how much easier it is to get people to the table. 
Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people don't have to go to somebody's drive to somebody's house. Yeah, they don't have mm-hmm. to. You know, they can still be in their pajamas from the waist down if they want to, or in their underwear for all I care. As long as I don't see it, I don't care. Right. <laughs> so it's easier to get people to the table with one another and be more consistent. And for of course, people don't have as much to do, and they get yeah. People get eventually you're going to get sick of Netflix or whatever it is that you've been watching. And you want to do something with people, and so mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, totally agree. Um, uh, at least for the groups that I've run with, they've been incredibly gracious and and grateful. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the just grateful to have a consistent weekly or biweekly connection with people, where they're like, "I'm scheduled to spend time with people." Or yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I, I'm not going to forget to do it. And for my own, like, I've got a couple of friends of mine that you know they struggle with mental health. And it's good for them to be around their friends yeah. and to not, mm-hmm. and they will forget to do that, right? It's like mm-hmm. they go so wrapped up in the other things that they're doing in their life. It's like, man, I need, I need to until it's almost too late. Not that it's too late necessarily, but it's like until they're already down in the hole, right? Yeah. And they're thinking about how how awful it is to feel so lonely, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's really, really good to do that that check in and have a scheduled time is there. It's it is it's really it really is fantastic. Then what I think, Troy, when I was kind of getting that piggybacking off of yours from the role play perspective, it's I think it's really on me. Um that I'm I'm talking about more like me, my connection with other players as a DM and mm-hmm. do, me doing stuff like that, it's more awkward for me because I'm just not <laughs> used to doing it. And I'm still trying to get in I'm still trying to to navigate that space, you know, be more comfortable in it and allow myself yeah, to, yeah. I still do the funny voices and stuff, but I just don't do them as much. Right. I've caught myself <laughs> not being as, you know, boisterous and loud and, and dramatic in, in the stuff that I, in my approach sometimes. So it's definitely, it's, it's a learning curve for me as well. I think when I was getting at more than anything else, it's, it's the weird thing of like, yeah, for sure. Nothing can ever replace having people in person at the table. Like, oh, yeah. I like mm-hmm. no matter how far we are in the future, if people can like have full three D holograms of themselves or whatever, like nothing will replace real life people at a real life table. But another angle um, that has been really awesome for me this whole entire time, and has made this like you know online. St- transition easier for me is that um i probably would have had a lot harder of a time finding a whole party of people who likes to play as much the same way as i do Mm -hmm. um if i was limited to people that i would find in person Mm -hmm. like it has made a huge amount of difference being able to hop online with people from across the country or even beyond mm-hmm. um, because because of course more people equals more chance that you'll find somebody who likes to play like you do yeah and, or connecting and that's with people really cool that, or connecting with people that you don't you wouldn't normally play with that you do want to play with right so I've got For friends sure. of mine that are all over the place people that are in Texas Georgia that uh, mm-hmm. my friends in high school that I play with in my Friday night groups I mean, those guys, we're all spread to the four winds. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so it is, again, it almost forces us to spend to, like to spend time with each other. The time that we want to spend anyway, we're scheduling the time every week. And then to your point, the people that are spread out, even people that I hadn't, that I don't, I don't talk to on a regular basis, but I'm like, man, it's been so long since I've talked to that person. I really wish I could play a game. Boom. Get online and just run it and just get outside of that. You have to get outside of your comfort zone with it in order to really be able to adopt it. 
So I've, I've noticed mm-hmm. that a lot too. And I'm really grateful right. for that too. Cause I've been able to reconnect with, with some, uh, some really close friends of mine that at a, on a different level, instead of just like the cursory social media. Yeah. They're still out right. there and they're still doing their thing there physically. We're actually able to interact with each other on a more personal basis from it. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Cool. So, so has, have, have any of you noticed whether or not, you know, uh, cross table talk or, or, uh, tangents and stuff are they more do they happen more doing this online or do they happen less for me i feel like they happen less you know like we sit down everybody starts logging in we we catch up how's your week been what's been going on you know have you have you you know taken your kid to the hospital here lately that goes for <laughs> one, of, one of my players they're i think they're working on a, on a wing for them as much as their kids get hurt but you know uh but, you know, things like that, you kind of catch up for, for a few minutes. Once everybody gets on and settles, like, okay, now we're into it. And we just play. I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I would say 100%. But that's something that I actually don't. I wish it wasn't 100%. That's something that I was thinking about this week, actually. Because all three of my games that I run, we start within... 10 minutes typically mm-hmm. of, of start time. Mm-hmm. And we don't, there's no cross table by and large for the next three hours and change. And then you finish mm-hmm. up and there might be five minutes of talk and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I, that's not typically the way I would run a game at a table. That's not the way I grew up playing. Certainly where yeah. you might play for 30 minutes and then you might chat about, um, <laughs> gummy bears for five minutes right (laughs) Right. and then you go back to playing and then somebody brings up a movie that they saw and and you know does it need to happen all the time no but i think you leave that feeling like you didn't just play a game you also hung out and had a conversation Mm -hmm. right whereas if you just show up play a game and leave it's like okay what we did was we played the game but i really don't know that person or what they've been up to that much more than what i did three hours ago um so that I, i would say i would say yeah um, and my goal for that is probably to just slow down how much how emphatic I am about getting into the game at the beginning mm-hmm. and trying to end as close to on time as possible possible so that people aren't trying to get off immediately at the end mm-hmm. of it right if i mm-hmm. if I stretch the game out thirty or forty five minutes longer than what we had thought we were gonna play, then everybody's done as soon as the game ends. If you wrap yeah. up on time, then people are like, oh, I'll stay on and talk for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you're absolutely spot on, Zach. That's one of the things that I've noticed when I've run games online. For some reason, I get into the I'm – at, I'm at a convention table. Okay, all the nice city is over. Cool. Boom. Let's get going. Progress, progress, progress. <laughs> four hours later, and we're done. Let's all do our, our hats. Let's talk about what we, we – uh, liked and disliked. Cool. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you like next time, right? Yeah. What I instituted yeah. this week for my Friday game, or last week, I should say, for my Friday game, and then again for this this week, is everybody gets there at least 15 to 20 minutes ahead of time, and we don't talk about the game. We don't talk about prep. We talk about how people are doing. Like my buddy's in New York. I work. He works out of New York City. You know, tell me about what's going mm. on up there. Tell me about your mm. life. Is everything okay? Talk about just BS about dumb stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and then... We'll lead into the game, but I think you're right too. Once we get started, it's tough for some reason 
I hate tough. tough. It's almost like it, it aligns itself towards you just continue to play, right? Mm-hmm, that yeah. crosstalk is really tough because you, you know, you're trying not to talk over the other person and be a distraction. You know, that's why we're raising our hands and things like that. Mm-hmm. And to, in order not to talk over each other, that, that cross chatter, what we referred to as beer and pretzels D and D. Yeah. Um, yep. You don't really get, you don't get as much of that. Right. Which I love that. I'm a huge at like, We've gone entire sessions where nothing got done because we were just too busy goofing around. Oh, yeah, yeah. And loved it, you know. This is fascinating (laughs) to me. I I actively work toward the opposite goal. I, I, like my, well, okay, so even off of my Discord server, because of course on Discord you have in character chat and out of character chat and people yeah. can be, you know, BSing on the out of character chat the whole time. But mm-hmm. like even with like with live sessions and with like webcam like stuff, it's like I I am always actively trying to get people to be immersed and stay immersed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um and back when I first started playing D D like, not, not even as a DM, but as a player, I would get really, really frustrated when cross-table talk started happening. And I would be like, why are we doing this? We're in character right now. We should get back. <laughs> and I don't know. It's... I can see the value of what you guys are talking about, too, though. Like, the 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 community feel, the, fr- the friendship, like, strengthening going on directly as well as indirectly through the game. Like, I can... I could totally see that, but like that's also something at LARP that people actively avoid. It's like maybe there's an out of character oh, tent, but like okay. you are in the game, you are your character for this weekend. Like, so it's and it's really weird. That's okay. the the different. I, I I tend like if you would have asked me this question two years ago or even a year ago, I would have said like, oh, it's always towards immersion, right? Mm-hmm. That's always the goal mm-hmm. is to stay in the game. I would argue that probably there's an element of nostalgia, but there's also an element of pandemic that is making Troy and John and I heighten that aspect for social mm. interaction, mm-hmm. not just game interaction during mm-hmm. this time, mm-hmm. because you're not seeing those people or any people sometimes outside of the game. Mm-hmm. So whereas we get our social interactions oops, a few months ago, we got our social interactions, and then we said, "Well, now we're here playing D and D. Now, now D and D is both, right?" right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay. I may, I may have a different tune four months yeah. from now. And I think you're right about that. I think on top of that, one that I was sitting here thinking about is one, one thing that one of my players said in the Friday game. I've got four players in there right now. Three are high school buddies, and then one is somebody that I've. I know, and that they don't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so what was important is if, if to me, what, what they, what they mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago was, you know, I know a little bit about the, their characters and I know that they're nice guys and, you know, they're funny and they're, you know, they're, they're good to play D and D with, but I just don't know anything about them. And so there's mm-hmm. really no, there's not a connection between the players that yeah. happens mm-hmm. unless you al- allow some breathing room for that. And so yes. that's one of the other reasons why I made sure that I opened that up this past week and it, it helped, right? And so I think too that um, I get, 
it's tough. I mean, like every single session is different. Sometimes the players want progression and they don't get it. And sometimes they want to go shopping the whole time. Sometimes, <laughs> and you know, whatever. So I think that it's, that's the, the dance that you've got to, you have to, to, uh, to, um, to lead whenever you're running the games is kind of get the vibe of what they're looking for. And yeah. if they start going down a rabbit trail to be like, you know what? Just, okay, go. Just go. Okay, you guys want to go on a, on a shopping spree in town or you want to you know, go and dance on the village green. Whatever you guys want. Whatever makes you happy, cool. We'll do that. And we'll not worry so much about a lack of prog- progression. And I think it's probably okay to let the story progression take a, a rest to allow some alleviation. And I think you're right too, Troy. That Or not Troy, but uh, Zach. That um, <laughs> a lot of this boils down to the fact that we don't get to do the interactions that we normally did between games. And so now it's like, man, like it's all business whenever I sit down and I play yeah. a game with my mm-hmm. buddies now. And so, all right, let's get down to business and we're going to play a game. Welcome mm-hmm. to this game. And, and like, and now I'm this character and start rolling some dice. So instead of, you know, chums, friends talking and, and BSing a little bit between, yeah. between having fun, you know, makes yeah. sense. That's like, like last night we played, and uh, and it was nice because we, we were supposed to start at 8. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, hey, I'm going to be about a half an hour late. It's all right, cool. And it was just, so we all got on at 8, and, and it was like, go ahead and start without me. But <laughs> I, I didn't. Never happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I decided, you know what? I'm yeah. not going to. Yeah. Not 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 right at, on time, at least. Yeah, yeah. We, we started like five minutes before. He actually logged on, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But you know, we just got to talk. And mm-hmm. hey, what new Netflix movie did you watch? Or you know, mm-hmm. you know things like that. And it was kind of mm-hmm. kind of cool. And then after the game, uh, we stopped. Just like, okay, so you know, what what do you guys got going on now? And and uh, you know, so it was nice. I I, I try and make sure that uh, that there is is just friends talking to friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, I mean, and I mean, oddly enough, we get so much done in game now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, holy crap! I, well, I mean, to your point, Catherine, you're absolutely right. There are definitely games. There are sessions where, as the DM, like, I'm, as the to quote Gladiator, are you not entertained? I'm like, I'm like here, I'm like pouring myself out here. Like, like giving you everything I've got. You guys, mm-hmm. you idiots, keep talking about, you know. Some dumb movie you watched. Like, we're playing right, D&D right. right now. This is serious stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, like, in all, but really seriously, it, it is tough sometimes because, yeah, I mean, like, uh, we're, we're here to play. Let's, let's play. And so it's kind of like herding cats into that direction. But now <laughs> it's kind of, I've, I've, I've realized, especially with this, that it is, uh, it's just part of the management of it now. Yeah. With the reality that we're in right now, we may be able to go back to you know the old way of business. We're okay. Focus up. Focus. Focus. Time to focus. Is the thing yeah. I, would, I would always tell him, right? For now, at least, I've loosened up quite a bit. Awesome. Well, hey, cool. Let's. Uh, that's a good. That's a good catch up. I think. I think, and there's some good nuggets in there for people to take away. Loosening up their games maybe a little bit, and that none of us said, "Hey, we all we now hate." online games more than we did mm-hmm. two months ago so mm-hmm. there's there's hope for yeah. us all um let's let's wrap this sucker up with uh, our gems for the week this is our dessert round and every single one of us has something um i'll go ahead and pitch mine because i'm about to sell all three of you 
on a DM's Guild product, I get prepared to spend $8. Um, mm. Do tell. DM's Guild Hammond's Harvesting Handbook. Oh, Hammond's no. Harvesting Handbook. Uh, mm-hmm. A complete guide to harvesting and crafting in D&D, uh, <sighs> written by Jeffrey Yang. This book is like, I'm going to say, 150 pages. Um, uh, as of yesterday, it was on sale for 8 bucks, but I think typically it's $10. Um, there's a sequel that is out. Um, I was talking with someone the other day, and I said, a uh, crafting system would be nice. And I, I had seen this on the DM's Guild before, and I'm like, I think it's cool, but I don't want to read a 200-page book to figure out how to run crafting. I want to read like five pages of rules, and then I would just want tables. And that, lo and behold, then I bought this just to say, like, this is what I don't want it, right? And to read it. And it is it is exactly that. It's like five pages of rules, and then it's 200 pages of, like, do you, you killed a displacer beast. Here's the chart for how to, how to harvest things from it, what different DCs are, what different components you get with those DCs. Here's a whole bunch of magic items that you can make from those elements here's how to make the uh, magic items from the dm's guild from creatures that you fight from the monster manual or whatever um it's super i learned their system in five minutes and i could i could run that book in uh, in a game and never have to slow the game down awesome um it's a home run of a product i don't know of a way that it could be better um it's easily the best Eight dollars I've spent on the DM Guild. Wow, high praise ever. Man. So yeah, I well, am I'm actively like, buying I'm, it right now. Yeah, well, I, I am oh. fascinated by the idea of it because every every player is different. But whenever whenever I do play, I'm the guy that wants to explain to everybody at the table because it's very important to my character that I'm polishing my sword and I'm sharpening it each night while we're camping and then I'm laying out my pot yep. and I'm cooking my meal and I'm putting my broth yep. and some dried meats and things like so the minutia yep. drives a lot of people crazy. I live for the minutia. That mm-hmm. real world, the earthy immersion. So this kind of thing is this is fantastic. And right? it's so not click, 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 shut it's up and not going to be a it's not going to be something that is going to take you or your player. If somebody doesn't care about it, it's not going to slow down the game at all for somebody right. else at the table to care about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Home run. Home run product. Yeah. Genius. I love it's, it. it's funny you bring mm-hmm. it up because this, this very thing came up in, in the game last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> there, there's a thing on DM's Guild that's about this. Do you guys want to have this kind of stuff in the campaign? Oh, yeah. It might be like, kind of cool. It's like, all right. Yeah, every campaign that I do from here on out is going to have this as a component, um, especially homebrew stuff. Like, easy, Fantastic. easy, easy. Um, I don't want to take up too much time with it, though. You guys should just go check it out for yourselves. Um, let's yeah, just go buy it. Yeah, just go buy it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Catherine, talk to us about yours, your gym. Yeah, okay. Um, so real fast, RPG Daily. Um, I, of course, found him on Instagram. But um, his main focus is a YouTube channel. Uh, he and I like he streams the interviews and then he puts them on YouTube. And he interviews a different DM. Uh, at one point, his goal was like every weekday. I think he just does it several times a week now. Gotcha. Um, yes, but uh, the interviews are all like different and interesting, and he. He asks good questions. He asks questions that highlight uh, each DM's uh, uniqueness. Mm. 
or things that like their strengths and stuff like that. Um, so he's, he's really good at that. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good listen. Awesome. Good stuff. RPG I'm daily. Checking that out. I will <laughs> check that. I'm going to, they will get a subscribe from me, um, yeah. easily. Very cool. Uh, so, okay, so we've done a we've done a DM skilled product. We've done a Instagram, YouTube. Let's move on to Troy. You've got a podcast for us. Uh, yeah, I, you know, there's er, uh, a new up and comer. I don't know if you guys have heard of him named James Intercasso. What? I don't know. Him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> never heard of him. Um, no, James is like you know he is he is definitely a, an icon of of D and D and other mm-hmm. games, but. Uh, and he has a, he has a, a podcast called Tabletop Babble, which is an awesome one. I've been listening to it for for a long time. But I just wanted to bring you know the, the new episode. Uh, he was talking to uh, Daniel Kwan, hmm. and uh, he it was a very interesting episode. Uh, he 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 talked about um, he is uh, part of Asian Represents D and D Asians. Uh, so he, he trying very much to, you know, help uh, the, the Asian community be be properly recognized and portrayed in in role playing games like D anD. d Talked about things like the the, the rather maligned uh, products such as Oriental Adventures from TSR mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast from from Third Edition. How, you know. It was it was an attempt by a bunch of white people to talk about Asian culture, mm-hmm. and you know, and he talks about how you know, the monk is is portrayed thusly in fifth edition, when actual monks are portrayed this or should be portrayed this way and this way and this way and this way. So he talks about all kinds of different things like that, but then he also talked about how he um, uses D and D or used D and D at his uh, job at uh, in Canada. And how he helps um, troubled adults now uh, it, with an organization called Level Up Gaming, hmm. and how uh, they can use that to. Uh, it, it started out for for kids, um, which is great, and there there are programs like this out there for kids already. Um, there should be more. Mm-hmm. But uh, he came to realize quickly that once those kids reached eighteen, you know they age out of these kinds of programs, yep. and they don't have anything else. Um, he so he he and some friends started Level Up Gaming, and uh, I'm not going to talk about the story that he told because I want you to go listen to Tabletop Babble and listen to it for yourself. Um, it was amazing. It, it, if awesome. if it doesn't if it doesn't choke you up a little bit, then then you're one of those <laughs> those lesser played alignments on that chart that John talked about. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Daniel Kwan, uh, check him out. He's a he's a designer. He's working on uh, an, an an Asian influenced rule set for D and D fifth edition, where it's like taking Oh, here's some Korean kind of classes and subclasses mm-hmm. and things, and here's how they're portrayed. Here's some Chinese. Here's some you know, doing it from the true perspective of those cultures. And Very I, cool. I'm hoping he gets it done pretty quick because I would really love to see that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Very awesome. cool. 
Okay, last one, John. Close us out here. Uh, you got some from Etsy, so we're all over the map now. I do, right? So I'm it, jonesing for that physical, social interaction these days. Um, I'm always <laughs> on the lookout for little accessories and items. And I found one that I'm, I'm absolutely in love with. It's a spell tracker, scroll-themed accessory. Uh, oh. The link will be in the doobly-doo, as, uh, as Colville says. <laughs> where uh, that's, yeah, that is, that is, that's cool. Isn't that cool, right? So it is a 3D-printed scroll that has been opened up for those that obviously cannot see it. it's a It looks like a... It's about six inches long, and it looks like a scroll that's been unfurled, and there are pegs between each one of the scroll heads, right? There are nine, one for each one of the spell slot levels that you would have, and then there are little rings Ooh. that you can put over the the the, uh, the pegs to indicate how many spell slots you have of that level. And, of course, each peg has uh, a value to indicate what what level it is to, and that it's the the scroll the scroll is written in dwarven, <laughs> hello, as or in elven, or or as God P. intended, as God <laughs> intended, right? They're doing the Lord's work, <clears throat> obviously, yeah, or elven pu, whatever. Um, never trust an elf, um, but uh, it, it is your absolutely... handwriting is prettier, <laughs> uh, sister. Look, we're, we can't do that. Let's oh. not let's not do that today. Uh, oh yeah, but it, it <laughs> looks it looks great. The they, you can do like a, a have them do a custom paint job. They've got some canned paint jobs. It's it's really cool. Um, I usually give out tokens to my players anyway to help them keep track of things like that or little glass beads, whatever. Because sometimes it's, it's it's easy to forget. Oh, how many first level spells did I do? And I didn't you didn't write it down. So I love that tactile stuff like mm-hmm. this um hmm. yeah it, it's it's really it looks really good it so. does it is, yeah, it's fantastic yeah. it's beautiful very cool well guys we did it we did another podcast hooray hooray mm-hmm. um we're 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 one week down uh, one more week down in this whole pandemic charade our uh or parade um so <laughs> charade parade charade parade um, next week, I know that we're going to be shaking up the format a little bit more, so we'll see mm. how. Keep keep an eye on that. We'll try to get another after dinner drink in here in the next couple weeks for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to check us out on Bite Size Gaming on Facebook and on Instagram. Check out the Eberron stuff that Troy, John, and I are putting out on the DMs Guild. You can check out uh, me and a host of other folks playing um, playing D anD D on the Drifters Atlas. Um, couple times a month Um, so there's a whole lot of ways that you can connect with us and we would love for you to do that Um, I think for myself Catherine John and Troy we'll see you next time see you next time keep rolling them dice